You're listening to the Horses, Hats, and Bourbon podcast with Claudia Coffey. My guest on this week's episode is Kentucky Tourism Commissioner Mike Mangett. It was such an honor to catch up with him. And wow, tourism in Kentucky is back. And we talk about everything from how the bourbon business continues to be booming this year more than ever. He also kind of gives his forecast on how he sees the Kentucky tourism season extending even longer this year. So many reasons to stay close and go far right here in Kentucky. Well, Commissioner Manjit, thank you for taking the time to join me. I know it, it's probably a very busy season, but isn't it nice to have a busy season again? Uh, yes, it is. We are we're thrilled about that. Uh, there's a lot of optimism going on right now, and I appreciate you hosting uh, this podcast, highlighting all there is to do in the state for travel and tourism. Well, you must feel this way, too. I, I felt like people just wanted to talk about, hey, Kentucky's open. And, and come visit safely. And here we are. And I thought, what a great way to give a platform to people across the state to talk about all the great places to visit. Because I, I do think, I feel like things that I watch and view, whether it's on social media or online, Kentucky's doing, these tourist destinations doing a great job at saying we are safe and we are open. Yeah, our, our partners out there in the at the local level, at the, we'll say DMOs, Destination Marketing Organizations or Commission Visitors Bureaus, Tourism Commissions, whatever you want to call it, and our attractions, I think have done a fantastic job of being that local resource for information, uh, ensuring the traveler's safety, working with their local attractions, you know, what are the protocols for uh, how I can have guests in, or what are the protocols for restaurants, what are the protocols for hotels, and really, that's our ultimate goal is, is keep our travelers and our, our residents and employees safe. And, and they've done a phenomenal job with that. I'm so proud of, of what they've done. I'm proud of the efforts that the state has made to keep folks safe. It's not easy right now when our job is to bring people together in travel and tourism, and you can't do that right now. How do you pivot? How do you bring value to your community? And, and they have done that uh, over and above. And, and, and I keep saying this to all of them when I speak with them. I've just been so impressed by the creativity they've used to, to help their local businesses, but also ensuring that safety of the visitor and traveler and resident. If people are planning trips this spring or summer, which I feel like people are really, you know, itching to get out and, and spring is just about here. So many people are beginning to plan. Uh, for the most part, would you say just about everything in Kentucky is open when you look at our state parks our bourbon trails, our horse farms. What are you seeing kind of across the board? Uh, most of our attractions, hotels, restaurants are open, but at limited capacity. Uh, and uh, that will continue for a, a while more. You know, the, the thing that is um, a little scary right now is we are so close to defeating this virus that we can't take our eye off the ball right now and, and just say, oh, I don't need a mask. I don't, I don't need to, to do the safety protocols. We do. Just this morning in Italy, three of their largest um, communities shut down again because of an outbreak, Rome, Venice, and, and I can't remember the third one off the top of my head. But, you know, we're not out of this yet, and, and we have to still be diligent. Uh, you know, I, I get asked a lot about projections, and I'm very leery to give projections on when we might open up. But the vaccine and, and the expansion of the vaccine has really been a game changer for this because you're seeing CDC requirements coming out that once you've had your second vaccine, you can get in, get together in smaller groups without masks. 
But we're still a ways to go before we're at that point. President Biden was on just the other day and his target dates July 4th for the country to get to some back, get back to some sense of, of normalcy. And, you know, I, I tend to agree with that with all the research that we've been watching from travel sentiment. Uh, well, let me back up and say you're, you're spot on when you say that people want to get out and travel. We've seen that from day one, that, that we as a, as, a, as a people, we are not designed to sit at home. People want to get out and go and see new things. Uh, but as we've tracked this travel research and we've had some tremendous partners, Longwoods International is a research partner that we've used. And they've tracked this. They've done 32 waves of research over the last year, uh, look, tracking things like when, are you, when do you feel comfortable? What are you looking for when you go out? Safety is the number one concern. But when the vaccine was introduced, what we saw was a, a 20% jump in the number of people who now say they have plans to travel in the next six months. So it went from about 60%, which is 60, 63%, which was consistent from the first level of, of research that they did it jumped to over 80%. And the next week it went up again. It's 87%, I think. It was the last one I saw last week. So there's a ton of pent-up demand out there. People want to get out. Uh, you know, kind of a, a side effect, if you will, and it's poor choice of words with COVID, but uh, one of them is, one of the byproducts, I should say, really is that people where they haven't trailed have savings. They're sitting on some money right now. Uh, most folks are obviously. So we expect when it does rebound, whether that's late spring, summer, or even in the fall, we think the leisure travel market is going to rebound in a big way. And we think Kentucky is positioned very well to take advantage of that and be the beneficiary of that. Throughout this year, it must have given you a lot of time to reflect mm -hmm. upon, you know, Kentucky's known for bourbon trails, horses. Um, are we moving in the right direction? Did it kind of give you pause how do we how do we continue moving forward and attracting people to Kentucky for all the things that typically they want to see? But how do we shift and and make sure that our, our marketing plan is is forward thinking and inclusive and like all those things? I think that this year made us all step back and go, huh? How do I how do I want to do things differently? And and do we need to do things differently when it comes to tourism in Kentucky? I I think. Tourism in Kentucky doesn't take a second or a backseat to anybody. Um, and, and you would expect me to say that with my role here. But, um, you know, we were seeing so much development going on. And, and you've mentioned bourbon uh, distilleries a number of times. And we're seeing so much investment in that visitor experience. The expansion of the product, of course, that you're, they're investing on the manufacturing side. But you're seeing so much. I mean, off the top of my head, I can probably name five projects right now that are going to be coming online or brand or being renovated or brand new in, in 21. You've got, you know, Heaven Hills expansion of the Bourbon Heritage Center in Bardstown. Uh, you have the old Samuels Distillery experience in, um, in Bardstown. You've got Log Still Distilling in New Haven, uh, the Claremont, um, I think it's the Claremont Distilling Company in, in, uh, in Claremont. And then Beam down in, in, um, and Claremont is also doing a multi-million dollar renovation of their campus and, and, and rebranding all of that. So, and those just off the top of my head, uh, and there, there are a number more out there. You know, we've, we've got our first um, spiritless um, distillery is our, our first non-alcoholic bourbon out there. And, and, and so, so the investment has been coming. Um, I, I think the biggest change that we saw with COVID, and it was for me as well, 
was the pivot to in-state marketing. I, I have always taken the view, and, and I'm fortunate this is the second time I've, I've been in this office and in this position, I've always taken the view that the state's job is to bring people to the store, the store being Kentucky. We don't have a preference if they go to Eastern Kentucky, Western Kentucky, or, or anywhere in between. And that it was the locals' job to kind of get the, the Kentucky residents into their community. We, uh, for a couple of reasons. One, when you look at it purely from an ROI standpoint, there's a, a higher ROI on our investment to bring new visitors or, or folks from outside the state to Kentucky. Why? They're spending the night more. They're, they're spending more money. What COVID caused us to do, and it goes back to what I said earlier about bringing people together, we really did have to pivot. And that's the one word when this is over, I'm not going to use anymore is pivot. <laughs> is we really had to pivot and focus on the in-state market. And uh, we had some success with that. Now, don't get me wrong. Our, our industry has been hit very, very hard. And um, it, we have as well at the state with, with our revenues that come in that, that help fund us. But um, what, it, what it also helped us do is, is, and it forced us to do from our attractions and everybody else, as I said earlier, is be creative. The development of virtual tours was fantastic throughout this. And, and you can look at, you know, distilleries like, like Wild Turkey doing a, a, a virtual tasting with the Russells and a, a full-blown uh, kind of immersive experience with that. And you've got, you know, the Derby Museum and, and Ali Museum and so many others out there that really jumped in with both feet on the virtual experience. And I think, I don't think that's going anywhere. So I, I think that's just an added enhancement to be aspirational and to get people to come to the state. So there, again, there are some positive elements in that, but you know, long term, we, we have to look at um, where are we going as a state. How are we going to develop new assets that are sustainable, that uh, take care of our environment, uh, that are inclusive, and you know, we're not alone in that. That's a lot of states, a lot of communities are looking at that. But but that is a focus. That was actually a focus. One of my priorities when I came back in and started a month before COVID hit. <laughs> and as you can imagine, that shifted some priorities around. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the um, five projects kind of in that bourbon space that are either expanding or coming online in 2021. Are there any other uh, projects from hotels to developments to campgrounds that you see coming online um, this summer that are, that are bigger projects that you think are going to begin to attract people? Um, it's just far as like new things that are coming, attractions that people would may want to check out. There are there are a lot, uh, and, and actually, I've, I've really been um, pleasantly surprised at the level of investment that continues to go on through this. And and you know, I say this not not being tone deaf. I know a lot of folks have been impacted with unemployment, especially our industry. You know, we're we're nationally we make up about forty percent of all unemployment right now in the leisure and hospitality industry. So when I say this, I'm not trying to be tone deaf, but but at its core, this is a healthcare issue with COVID and not an economic issue. And of course, the stimulus and all that that has come in has, has assisted with that. But the level of investment that's been going on in, in Kentucky is really impressive. Uh, we currently, we have a program called the Tourism Development Investment Program, or incentive program, excuse me, where uh, Kentucky was the first state in the country to offer an incentive for large tourism development projects. And a lot of the distilleries that, that I mentioned have come through for those visitor experiences. Actually, there are very few uh, of the larger distilleries that haven't over the years. But uh, through this year, I think we've had seven projects come through, three or four of which are hotels. Uh, there's a hotel project um, looking around Mammoth Cave. There's a hotel project here in Frankfurt. 
uh, Bardstown and in Louisville, that is um, uh, one company, one development company is, is pulling that together. Uh, and they're great. It, it meets needs in all those communities, which is great. Uh, and just helps enhance that, that, um, that Kentucky authentic experience as well. And then beyond that, I mean, from the outdoors, and, and that, that's where, Claudia, I think we as a state are going to rebound uh, a little more quickly than some of our, our neighboring states, because we have such great outdoor experiences, uh, wonderful small communities that you're, that you're, you know, you're very well familiar with, uh, that allow, will still allow you to socially distance and, and get out. So, you know, one, if you're not familiar with Brakes Interstate Park in, in eastern Kentucky, it's, it's the only state park in the country that, that spans two states. And they're putting, going to put in the longest footbridge um, in, on the continent later this summer and open it up. It's 700 and something feet long. Uh, and it's things like that that people may not know about uh, or, or may have heard of living in Kentucky. We're trying to encourage them to get out and see that. And then, of course, bring people from a, a smaller radius than normal in. So uh, from a development standpoint, uh, there, there's just a whole lot going on. I mean, I'm literally looking here <laughs> at my notes and I think I've got about six That's pages of what's new, in, yeah, what's new in Kentucky and it's great, yeah. it, it's fantastic. Horses, Hats, and Bourbon is sponsored by Mint Julep Experiences, your all-inclusive provider of exclusive, authentic, and curated bourbon, culinary, horse, and mixology experiences in Kentucky. If you're looking for a five-star experience blending Kentucky's signature products, look no further than Mint Julep Experiences. Go to mintjuleptours.com backslash horses, hats, bourbon. Let me, I, I like to do this little, little kind of game, if you will, of sure. if I'm going to Northern Kentucky, mm -hmm. What's something new or something popular that's happening there that maybe people want to know about? You're putting me to the test Sorry. on that. So, okay, I can do that. Um, well, the Newport Aquarium, which is a, a fantastic uh, attraction for us and has been for a number of years, has some new animals coming on. They've got baby dwarf seahorses, uh, to say one. Uh, they've got a bunch, they've got a, uh, some new fish called a sarcastic fringe head, which they're describing as a weird looking fish that likes to live in structures created by like empty seashells. So, I, but just the fact that they're refreshing and doing some new things like that uh, is, is fantastic. Um, we have some great charming small towns like Augusta. If you've never been to Augusta, you can go there uh, and uh, just spend a great long weekend there. Uh, the Rosemary Clooney house is there and you, know, you can go and see the dresses that she wore in, in White Christmas. Now I say all this, call before you go, just to make sure they're open. Yes. You know, that's, that's the, the qualifier that we have to do here right now. So uh, there's also um, um, New Rift Distilling up there in Newport, which isn't relatively new, but it's, it's one of those stories I've not been to yet. So that's on my list to get up there uh, and see as soon as possible. What if I'm going towards West Kentucky, even like the Paducah Owensboro area? Lots of great lakes out there. Uh, there are a lot of great lakes. And you talk about um, distilleries. The OZ Tyler Distillery is opening a new experience down there. Um, uh, the, the Quilt Museum, which is, uh, again, a long, it's not new, but it's a long-time attraction here that a lot of folks haven't been to in the state. And, and again, I think, I think part of this, instead of what we're trying to get across, is it may not be a new experience, but it's one maybe you haven't been to before. And, and we're saying, you know, stay close go far and travel safe mm -hmm. because the quilt museum, I remember years ago, the first time I went to the quilt museum, in my mind, quilts were what, what my grandmother had on her bed. Right. And, and, but no, these are absolute works of art down there. And 
Uh, Paducah has really become a great culinary scene. They've, they've got some great restaurants. They've got the waterfront murals down on, uh, right there uh, on the Ohio River that are beautiful. Uh, got a couple of new hotel properties down there as well. So, so there's a lot happening in, in Paducah. Um, you know, one of the questions that uh, Paducah is also famous, I guess I should say, for a lot of their outdoor festivals, uh, uh, not Paducah, Western Kentucky, I should say, Romp, for instance, down in Owensboro has plans to come back. Uh, that's one of the areas, festivals and events, meetings and conventions that I think will be a little slower coming back. Uh, I hope I'm wrong on that. But a big challenge that we're going to have, no matter what part of the state you go to, is going to be consumer confidence. And it always boils down to that. Even with the vaccine, I think there's going to be a time, <clears throat> pardon me, I think there's going to be a time, uh, a period of time, I should say, that folks are still like, okay, I'm just not comfortable, comfortable being around a lot of people. So our job as marketers and communicators uh, in that destination management organization, again, is to build the consumer confidence for the visitor that when you come here, the attraction, hotel, restaurant, shops are safe, but also build the consumer confidence locally that it's okay to have visitors come in because we're still seeing in the research some resistance to that. You mentioned uh, the music festivals and we just heard, got word about the Big Bourbon Festival in Bardstown coming back in, in mm -hmm. some capacity here in the fall. And that was great news for a lot of people. But some of the other ones, you know, they're like, you know, I think we just want to wait it out this year and come back where we know we can have a big crowd next year. What are you hearing? Like um, you mentioned one and I heard about the, the Bardstown, the Bourbon Festival. What other festivals are you hearing are going to have or, or maybe planning something, but with smaller crowds this year? I think most of them are. I, I think even with the Bourbon Festival celebrating their 30th, you're seeing a completely reimagined festival. You're seeing, um, and, and I'm, you know, full disclosure, I was the tourism director in Bardstown and served as the interim director of the Bourbon Festival uh, for, for a year. So um, I, I, it's very near and dear to my heart, but I love what they're doing right now and reimagining it. You're seeing some virtual events there. Uh, you're, they're planning on, on fewer people and selling fewer tickets. And I think that's going to be the norm. And, I, and frankly, I think that's the right way to approach it. And that's difficult for local communities where they, that many uh, have that one big festival that they're known for and want to get folks back in. I, I'm going back to saying be patient. Now, with that said, to answer your question, I think I think there are plans for Railbird in August, hopefully to, to come back in a, at a smaller level. Uh, I mentioned uh, Romp Festival, um, and, and a lot of them haven't really announced because they're just waiting to see. And and uh, what I am seeing are people pushing it to to maybe non-traditional dates moving moving back. I believe the Brass Band Festival in um, in Danville is is moving ahead. So. But that, that's what they're doing. And again, I, I think that's the right approach to take. I, I think they, uh, let's do it safely. Let's not rush it. Um, and I, but I do, I also think that, that once we get to that point, you know, if we get the vaccines out, if, if we're at the point that CDC comes out and says, you know, um, we're good to go, whenever that is, whether that's the July 4th date that, that the, the president was looking at or not, uh, then I think a lot of these festivals and events may regroup and say, you know, maybe we can pull something off this year. And, and one thing to keep in mind, I, I think because of the pent up demand, we as, as tourism marketers need to be thinking differently as far as our traditional windows of advertising. You know, for us, we start in March, we go through basically the end of June, early July, because at that time, people have taken their summer vacations or have planned their spring and summer vacations. And traditionally, August 1st, you see tourism in Kentucky drop off a cliff. 
And, and there's one simple reason for that, school, right? Schools start earlier and earlier and folks go back. Um, but I think you're going to see an extension of that a little bit. Uh, I, I think there are a lot of parents out there who have been home with their children. Uh, the children haven't been able to see grandparents, aunts, uncles, whatever else. I think you're going to see a lot of long weekends uh, this fall. I think people um, have learned, and, and I, I do think a lot of the telework is going to continue, the remote working. So if I can work from anywhere, I'll just take a long weekend at a lake or a cabin or somewhere, and I can still get my work done on Friday and be there. So we're looking at, as I said, some of those non-traditional shoulder seasons on, on when to advertise when to get out and market and advertise and try to drive that traffic. I think the holidays is going to be a huge year, hopefully this year. Um, and uh, not just going to visit uh, friends and relatives. I think people are going to get out and want to just go. And, and hopefully by that time, we'll be able to do that. So you could see many of these changes that people are implementing this summer that they could be here to stay, like in a good way. Some of these Steps, you know, when I walk into places now, I'm thinking, well, that was a good idea. Maybe they should have been doing that all along. You could see some of this sticking around. Yes. Yeah. Uh, especially the, on the virtual side of it. As I mentioned, you know, in our industry, we've always said uh, content is king. And if you look at a lot of travel advertising, next time you're flipping through a Southern Living or, you know, a mid any of these travel magazines that, that people look at, take a look at the advertising. It's all about the image. The good advertising, I'll say that, the hero image. And in, in, in our industry, it's all about getting our, our targets to, to envision themselves having that experience, right? Mm -hmm. So the virtual experience just expands on that and, and deepens that. It, 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 it really becomes aspirational. I, I saw this video of somebody walking through a distillery and standing next to the still. I never knew what that looked like. I've heard about a distillery tour, right? I want to go do that. Or, or in this really cool Rick house where I can stand there and they're 30 barrels high and I can, I can go see that. Uh, it, it's, it's more immersive than just a static photo. So what this has done, what, what COVID did in our industry, I think was, was accelerate that process of content and getting virtual. I heard the other day in an interview or excuse me, on a webinar that, uh, the, the expectations for uh, online sales met the 10-year projections this year. So, so what ha has happened in this last year, in essence, is they exceeded the, the online sales projections that they were expecting 10 years out. So people are now used to that. They're used to buying online. Uh, they're used to experiencing online, uh, consuming that content online. And we're going to continue pr providing that and producing it. I know a number of our partners are going to do that. We're going to look for ways to help them with that. But I think that's here to stay. And as you said, that creative experience, I, I talk about um, meetings and conventions, and that's a very critical part of our, of our tourism industry. And we need to get that back up as soon as safely possible. But I don't really see that it's going to be either all in person now. I think there will always be a virtual or hybrid component for a couple of reasons. One, you're, you're expanding your product to people who can't be here otherwise. Now they may not get, it may be at a lower registration because you don't get the receptions and the dinners and all that, but is that really going to go away? We're so used to Zooming and we're so used to doing all this stuff. Um, I don't think that's going to go away. And, and I think our industry will adapt to that and, and take advantage of that. You know, it, it, a lot of our distillers, Buffalo Trace down the street here from my office is doing Whiskey Wednesdays on Facebook. Mm -hmm. 
that they started because they couldn't have all their, their guests in. It's been really successful. Why would they go away from that? Right. Cause you're just broadening that reach and broadening that, that, that brand awareness and that brand loyalty. Uh, and I think a lot of folks are going to continue that. It's made us all kind of think in different ways. How, how else can mm-hmm. I get people to where I need them to be, get them to listen, get them to watch, get them to spend money. You know, it right. certainly opened up everybody's mind. You're the commissioner of tourism. You can go anywhere you want in the state. How would you <laughs> anywhere you want? Anytime. I always, I'm always curious with people that are in that position. How, how do you unwind in the state? Or do you have like a, a favorite? I'm sure you have lots of favorite places here, not to single anybody out, but is there something that, that you especially just tried and true love to get out and enjoy here in our great Commonwealth? Um, I grew up, my father and I kind of our thing when I was growing up was fishing. And we many times would go down to Kentucky Lake, uh, stay at the park or, or at a friend's cabin that he had down there, and, and we would go fishing. So for me, that that to me is my ultimate relaxing weekend is, is whether it's at a park or somewhere else, just get out somewhere and fish. And, and luckily, we have great fishing in, in Kentucky. Um, but really, it's getting out and, and uh, you know, my wife and I, our one getaway during all this was to Pine Mountain State Park. In Eastern Kentucky. And, and I'll use myself as an example of that target we're going after. I'd always heard about Pine Mountain. I think I'd been there when I was, you know, 10 years old, <laughs> but had never been back. We went, got a cabin and, 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 and hiked around and it was just absolutely stunning. And it's one of those situations that really fits into to what we're saying about stay close, go far. We're, we're sitting there looking at, at, at this beautiful area. And, and I turned to her, or she actually turned to me and said, I don't even feel like I'm in Kentucky. And I said, you know, we, we need to take advantage of, of these opportunities even more. And, and that's what I love about Kentucky. When I say we don't take a, a backseat to anybody, if you want a water-based vacation, we've got more running water and, and moving water than any state but Alaska. We've got more coastline than Florida. If you want an outdoor adventure, there's no better or more beautiful place than Red River Gorge or the Daniel Boone National Forest or our lakes in the West. If you want the culinary urban experience, We've got you covered, Louisville, Lexington, Northern Kentucky, Bowling Green, Paducah. Um, we really kind of hit all the all the the, the numbers, if you will, on, on what we want to what we can provide. We just need to let folks know, get out there and do it. When it's safe, you can get out and safely do that. And, and I think we will. And again, I think that's why uh, we're going to do very well coming out of this. Commissioner Manjit, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to talk to me and let everybody know all the great things that are happening. Just so much positivity, I think, happening uh, throughout Kentucky. Well, and thank you again. And I just want to reiterate how proud I am and, uh, of our tourism partners, my staff here, but our tourism partners. This, I make no bones about it. This has been devastating to our industry in a lot of ways. But the professionals that we have in this state uh, that, that stay positive and keep moving forward and being creative are the ones that are going to lead us out. And we're very blessed here. Uh, and I've actually had other state travel directors say this to me. We're very blessed in that our partners on the local level work so well together. At their core, they're competitors. They would rather you spend that travel dollar at, at Lake Cumberland as opposed to in Bardstown. But they also realize we all benefit from that. Uh, as a state and they're tremendous partners and, and we certainly could not do what we do here without their support. So with that, thank you for the opportunity to be here and remember, stay close, go far and travel safe.
A very special thank you to my guest, Commissioner Manjit. If you would like more information on traveling throughout Kentucky and Kentucky tourism, just head on over to my show notes where I have you completely linked up. Have a great week, everybody. Cheers.
You're listening to the Horses, Hats, and Bourbon podcast with Claudia Coffey.